Wait, what? Wait, what? Hey, Damien. You. How are you? I'm good. Let me throw this thing on. Do not disturb. I wait for us to connect, and then that's my next move. Yeah, I remember one time I kept you waiting for like a minute, and you thought I didn't get the link, and it's because I put do not disturb on, and I was like, where is this guy? (laughs) So... And then I'm sure we crashed and had to start it all over again anyway. And so, you know, or you hit a button. Usually it's you hit a button. (laughs) At least I'm honest about it. You are. are. My ADHD brain over here. Just trying uh, to doing too much. So I was listening back to um, some of our old episodes today Mm -hmm. while I was playing uh, my video game. And, and what'd you think? Well, it's just one evolution of the show over time. is kind of fascinating to hear. Um, I re-listened to our episode with Mercedes. That was a great time. I miss her. I want to call her, yeah. reach out to her. Um, I am she, absolutely... She was our first interview, right? She was our first guest, episode four. Yeah. Um, and then it was Matt. That was our second. And then show with Willie, I believe, was our third. Um, but, uh, I still think <laughs> maybe this is just like more on a personal level, but I, I just, <laughs> your reaction to last week's poem is probably for me <laughs> just the funniest Courtney moment. Cause you were like, what the fuck? <laughs> did you get any, did, you, did you get any feedback from No, that? I didn't get any feedback. I, I got, I no got a feedback. couple I got a couple texts that were like, Hey bud, uh, how's it going? Right. You yeah, are you okay? <laughs> uh-huh. I'm like it's, it's just it's all right. Let's keep it booking. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad to know that I was not the only one who interpreted that poem that way. (laughs) 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 Um, See, you don't rant as much as you used to. We gossip and we you get the tea like rant. Episode two. Oh boy. You were fired up episode two. <laughs> you were ranting. <laughs> like, oh, Lord. See, but that's probably a good thing because that means that I have less to rant about. True. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't rant. My... I don't rant just to rant. I, I have rage. And when, I, when I'm passionate about something, I will let everyone know it. I mean, I think my... Um... My my uh, participation in in our co-hosted podcast has grown over the episodes. <laughs> Definitely, might as well, might as well not have been in like the first like five. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, that's more on me than you. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was a uh, it was interesting stuff. Well, good. I'm I'm glad that you took a, a stroll down memory lane. I haven't caught up to our last few episodes, so yeah, I have no chance of going all the way back to in the beginning. Sometimes it um, 
it gets a little tiresome hearing the sound of your own voice. And I would say that we're both like, I don't think narcissistic is the word to describe. We're both pretty comfortable with ourselves. We like hearing ourselves. We like, I'd be the first one to admit it. I like the way I think. I like the way I talk. I like the way I write. I like, I like the way I sing. Like I, I own the things I like about myself, but I kind of don't want to hear myself talk. <laughs> I don't know what it is. No, see, I'm just, I'm just the opposite. I can't stand the sound of my voice. I don't like listening to myself. Um, I think that I have good things to say, but I don't want to hear me. Right. <laughs> and I, that's and what I'm I, saying. You know, I don't feel like anyone else really wants to hear my voice, but people like my voice for whatever reason. And so <laughs> Sarah okay. wants to hear you, apparently. <laughs> we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later for sure. I'm, I'm, What's been I'm, going on with you? Um. Well, uh, not a lot and a little bit of everything, man. I'm, I am getting ready. This is, uh, we are here right in the middle of February, the shortest month, which just so happens to be Black History Month. And uh, I am getting ready to throw on this big uh, festival and and, and uh, edutainment uh, event for Peace Communications and Technologies Academy, my school. And uh, just planning and getting all the last minute stuff done. And, you know, for the things that I can control, it's going to be ready to go. The things that I can't control, well, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. I'm excited for that. Did you hear back from the Odessa Black Chamber of Commerce? No, we still have not heard from the Odessa Black Chamber of Commerce. Um, <laughs> we still have not heard back from them. I did hear oh, some people God. be like, oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. But <laughs> not, we have not heard back from them directly. Um, hmm. the made that contact and did all that work. And see, I think that that's another you know, thing. Had I been that person, like me personally, made that contact, then we may have gotten somewhere a little further along, but I shouldn't be have to be the one to right, absolutely black people to ask about black people. That's ridiculous. So, no, um, the person who made the contact did not hear anything more. Uh, we still have a plan, you know. We learned of of a business, and we're still going to patronize that business uh, with the takeout situation. When is that? Shoot, I think that's Saturday. I still think you should say, like, bless that business, because the patronize just has such a negative connotation these days. I think only in your mind, bro. I have never heard anyone but you say (laughs) anything negative about the word patronize, especially (laughs) in the context of business. I think um, I think because uh, working for the former man I worked for and being patronized so often, I just... uh, (laughs) <laughs> I guess maybe he traumatized you. Need some, a little bit. Some post mortem therapy <laughs> or something. Post mortem therapy. <laughs> yeah, something. I don't know. Oh, well, You're the only person, and I know it's a show of your age because I'm sure back when y'all were voting for Hoover, the word patronize was used pretty often, but. Uh, but no, a lot of people these days, you know, under the 
under the age of having voted for president during the Great Depression. Um, don't <laughs> use that word. <laughs> don't use that word too often. You're such an ass. I am not that old. <laughs> I freely admit that I'm 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 no spring chicken, but Jesus, <laughs> I am not that old. <laughs> my goodness. Terrible. I'm gearing up for my move. I'm moving back to Midland. There we go. Now, see, that was news that we did not uh, mention last week. Because we've had so what? much to talk about on this damn show recently that, like, I had to consciously choose to cut some things out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, all of all ye Midlanders, um, especially, you know, there are a lot of, I get asked this quite a bit. Who the hell is Damian Crawford? <laughs> Why are you doing this podcast with this Damian Crawford person? Who is that? Oh, they don't like me? <laughs> no, it's not that they don't like you. They just have no idea who you are. And they don't know how we're connected. Don't it's listen like, to episode four. I used to be a mover and shaker in that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, maybe maybe we'll have to do some events. I mean, we we... After we get a sp- after we agree on sponsorship, Damien, I really want you to, to start reconsidering that because I think that we can do some incredible things. And we can you be get, making here's the thing about sponsorships billions of money. Billions of dollars. The thing about sponsorships is you're so against pre-scripting the show, but those have to be pre-scripted. And we would also like and I can learn this. I can, but we have to basically pre-record it as its own separate audio and then edit it into the episode. Um, and I'm bad with that kind of shit. So, like, I'll do my best to learn. But you know what? You gave in on timestamps, so I'll give in on sponsorships. However, it will take me a little bit of time because I could never figure it out with people. I tried to with people and could not figure it out. So and those try. are the rules. Those are the rules. I need you to send me a copy of the rules so I can anchor, really understand. Yeah, so so anchor anchor starts us off with like its own little advertisement that it pays you for, and then more companies can offer you, and you can also sell yourself or whatever, like hey, this is our podcast, we'd love to advertise your product. Like, can we talk about a price range? And a lot of companies will do it, but the thing is, and you won't you get paid by most companies per 1,000 listens. Mm. Per 1,000 listens. Do you want to know what our max amount of listens is on the show? I want to know. No, don't tell me because that would make bad. bad. It's not bad. Um, our episode 16, for whatever reason, had 491 listens. Um, and that is our, that's our most listens. Um, that's according to Spotify data. Which what the is hell like, were we talking about in episode 16? That's what I said, but I don't want to open something and make this thing freak out. Yeah, but we're not, let's not do that. Um, but something about episode 16 popped off. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we'll get paid, but it, it's like, it's literally like $6 per 1,000 listens. So if our episode gets 200 listens, how much money are we making? <laughs> So anyways, that's something we can discuss off air. <laughs> but... Right on. Man, right even on Do Not Disturb, when you get a 
even on Do Not Disturb, when you get a phone call, it still stops oh, that's everything. What okay, okay. <laughs> yes. So, like, all during that little phone call, I can hear anything, and I'm just like, oh my God. Oh my You're God. like, I had to restart it. <laughs> right? But well, what's on your mind, Mr. Ratliff? Well, what is on my mind is uh, kind of a revisit of an old topic. Um, because what I want to be on my mind didn't really happen. So mm. hopefully this will be on my mind next week. But this week, what's on my mind is uh, this is actually intercession week. And I've talked about intercession before. Um, intercession is a week in the calendar where select students are invited to come up to school um, when, you know, not, not everyone is there. It's much smaller class sizes and they get some concentrated education in areas that they're struggling in so that they can be better prepared for the upcoming star exam, which star is Texas's assessment test. And it, it, it measures everything and, it's a big determination of how schools get money and how they're rated and all these things. So intercession is meant to be uh, a concentrated week of helping. Well, this week, like I said, we started off Monday and Tuesday as makeup days for the bad weather that we had those days that we were out of school. Um, no one wanted to go to, wanted to extend the calendar and no one went to go to school on Good Friday. So we decided to take these two days that everyone was scheduled to be off, most everyone, with the exception of the intercession kids. And we made them regular school days on Monday and Tuesday, which meant Wednesday, today is Thursday, and Friday are intercession days. Um, my job is so is such that, you know, I can, you know, I, I work X amount of hours for the week. And, and that's really all that I'm required to do. Well, in order to meet, to make those hours, I need to go up there and do some work, especially yesterday. So I did. And while I was there, I stopped in every single classroom and I asked every single student, what do you think of intercession? Do you like these smaller classrooms? And it was overwhelming. Every single kid that was there was just like, I love this. I love not having as many kids here. There were kids that were just like, I like it because the bad kids are not here and the teacher can <laughs> just, and the teacher can just, you know, give us knowledge, can just talk to us without disciplining other children. And, you know, I hear nothing but positive feedback. Our second day enrollment was just as strong as our first day. And so you know, some of the arguments have been that kids, we set this thing up and no one shows up. Well, I can only talk about what's happening at my campus because that's the campus I see. And I can tell you at my campus, that's not the situation. And the kids actually love intercession. And when I ask them, do you feel like you're learning more now than you do on a regular school day? Again, it was overwhelming, yes. We are learning a lot more because there's so many fewer distractions. And that's such telling information. However, the adults who are making the decision for the district are 
against it to the point where it wasn't even a conversation piece for next year's calendar. There was not even an option. We didn't discuss it. It was just, no, we're not doing intercession anymore. And I really think that as a district, we're missing out on something positive just because it wasn't something that was working on, on all campuses. I can tell you it worked at mine. And now that I really think about it, after I've seen it with my own eyes, uh, I've seen the, the teachers that were involved in it and how hard they were working. I'm mad. I'm mad that this was, this, this is not a future option. I'm mad because we're, we're going to see positive results from those kids at the end of this thing when it's time to take a test. And now I know, you know, I'm not going to have this as an option to help my children next year. And that really pisses me off. And it pisses me off because all it did was inconvenience adults. Adults were inconvenienced because adults don't want to find child care for a week. Adults don't want to have to plan to take care of their own kids for that week time. And because of that, now we're not going to have a chance to educate the kids who really need help. So I guess my charge. Yeah, we go to where we were. And so my charge now is, okay, we've taken away intercession, but you better figure something out to be able to replace this time, this valuable, valuable one-on-one time with something tangible and meaningful uh, to help these kids to do what they're what we keep asking them to do, which is succeed on every academic level. So this is what's on my mind. I'm, I'm you you asked me to be more ranty and I feel like I'm well ranty I didn't say that. <laughs> because because I'm I'm just passionate about it. And, and like I said, it's because I I see something positive. I see something that works and we're going to take it away. It wasn't well, even presented as an option for next year. And that well, makes first me first off first off, that goes back to what I've been saying. Like every time we bring up education on the show, which is that education of this country is treated more like glorified babysitting than actually teaching. Yes. Like, just have ass in seats so parents can work and parents don't have to be around their kids for eight hours a day. You yes. Know? Um, but isn't peace a charter school? We are not. We are own, huh. we are a district school. We are a magnet school, and that's what's different about my school. It's a school of choice. Um, it's a magnet school, which means you have to apply to be able to go there. Our okay, school exactly. campus is so. So can't but, you determine so, how many students get in? Well, here's the difference, though. The difference is uh, we can deter- we can determine which students come here. However, we still have to meet enrollment numbers. Because we're mm. a school. So okay. we still, at some point, once we get all the kids, you know, who apply and who um, meet our academic <clears throat> requirements, uh, at some point, the district just starts giving us others. Oh, and, man, really? <laughs> and this what this is what happened this school year. We got dumped on. We got all the kids who they just didn't know where else to put them. And it was just like, they didn't apply to peace. They didn't apply to our school. They have no idea about technology. They have no interest in technology or communications. 
but they are on our campus. And our school, Peace Communications Technology Academy, has more SPED kids. That's our special education. We have more SPED kids than anyone else in the district. 30% of our campus population is special education, which is unheard of for a single campus. Are they just like, this sounds, this sounds cruel, but it is cruel. Are they just dumping the sped kids there? Like, I'll oh, just send up a piece. I'll just send a piece. Like what? That's, that's, that's certainly what it sounds like because these are not the kids who applied here. They didn't apply to us. They were sent to us. And so, you know, there, there are people who feel that we are being punished for some reason. Um, because it's very selective, and we don't really understand why. However, we accept those kids, we love those kids, and we're going to make it work. And we have been making it work, because even with that large percentage, we are the number, uh, what is it, number 13 ranks 42 in town. Mm. So we're, we're still, you know, at the top. At the top of the food chain, and that includes all of our charter schools, which are like, like um, Tra- Idea Travis and uh, Sam Houston Collegiate Prep, and you know all of those type of schools. <laughs> yeah, in that right, Sam Houston Collegiate Prep and Ben Milam International Academy, and you know all of those. Those schools. were just we- those were just Travis and Milam whenever I, and Houston and Sam Houston whenever I was growing up. They they were just Milam and Travis and Sam Houston. Well, not anymore because they've been purchased. So, yeah, yeah. You know, now they're they're something different. And, and Young Women's Leadership Academy at <laughs> at Booker T. Washington. Don't forget that part. What? <laughs> oh my! So you know, so to still you know to to have all of those circumstances and still be able to be up there academically with all of them says a lot to our campus. It says everything to our teachers who are just phenomenal. And it says everything to our administration who do a quality job. And, you know, on top of this, we're in the, we got a new assistant principal in the middle of the whole thing. Who's just there on an interim basis because our, our, the assistant principal we had got, elevated to a principal job and went to a different campus. So here we are still trying to survive and still thriving under those, those circumstances. And one of the tools that we were using effectively, our campus was using effectively was intercession and now it's gone and I'm mad. Understandable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it just feels like, they're one size fits all, fits all ing everything. But there was yeah. no debate or like um, transparency as to why. With that, well, the the thought was there was no. We didn't have any debate. Uh, the week that they decided to to talk about the calendar, uh, usually this has been like a month long discussion, and this time it was one meeting. 
And there was one guy who got up there and he talked about intercession. And just so happened, he was a former school board member who talked positively about intercession and why he was upset that it was not even presented as an option. And, and just talking about the merits of it. And everybody was talking about, well, we don't have any data to support that it was any good or it was useful, blah, blah, blah. However, our data is that we have more passing schools uh, after a year of intercession than we did before a year of intercession. So there's your data right there. But, you know, it, it didn't matter. It wasn't good enough. So, uh, yeah, it was. it just wasn't an option because – it's far too inconvenient for the adults. Mm-hmm. That's a damn shame. It is a damn Educating shame. kids is too much of an inconvenience for you. Yes. What a damn shame. What am I supposed to do with these kids? Take care of them. <laughs> right. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Is that the extent of your mind? There's not more? No, that's that is what is on my mind. It's just, you know, I'm I'm I want intercession. I've seen it in action and I like it and I want more of it, but I don't have that option anymore. So Well then I'll take the reins here. Good deal. Um a tragedy occurred this Sunday. An event of cataclysmic proportions. Um, the of the souls of this nation. Um, I'm very surprised there hasn't been some. I kind of been looking for it. I I check at least once a day. Type in your name. Get a Facebook (laughs) account. Be on Facebook anymore, because you know you're kind of you're kind of one that. You know, you'll say something even when it doesn't uh, doesn't go your way. But to excuse the vagueness, the Eagles lost in the Super Bowl, and Courtney and I. Well, I'm disappointed. Courtney, I'm sure, was devastated. He's good now, though. He's a big boy. Although I'm sure going to school on Monday was not easy. Oh boy, yeah, that was rough. <laughs> That was rough. If you've ever wanted to throw a little kid across the room, yeah, that was, it was rough. Yeah, I'm going to get into my little mini rant, and then you can go, and then I'm going to go some more. But <laughs> there's, there's, there's a thing about football that like I can love and accept, and there's a thing about football that I despise. I am totally fine with losing a football game if you gave it your all and you just weren't the better team that day. I cannot fucking stand when one side of the ball just does not show up to play. It infuriates me. The defensive roster, the Philadelphia Eagles, took the day off. And that shit was pathetic. The first quarter was not the Philadelphia defense being so good and shutting down the Chiefs. It was just the Chiefs offense playing fluky. And Jalen Hurts and freaking Shane Steichen were on their motherfucking A game. Jalen Hurts had the best. God, I've seen Dom Brady and four different Super Bowls like that I've watched. Five Super Bowls? Seahawks, Falcons, Rams, Chiefs. Okay, five Super Bowls that I've like hardcore watched because the first Super Bowl that I ever really watched was 2013. So 
I've seen Tom Brady five Super Bowls. Even the one where he lit up the Eagles' defense in 17, I don't think I've seen any quarterback play a Super Bowl as phenomenally as Jalen Hurts played the Super Bowl. Even losing Jalen Hurts should have been the Super Bowl MVP. That Eagles offense put that team on their back and carried them to 35 hard-fought points. And that defense could not bother to get one stop. And then when it mattered most, ref ball took over again and called a play to freaking give the Chiefs a new set of downs on like the 10-yard line, which basically sealed the game or whatever, the 12-yard line, wherever it was. And this goes back to what I said during the conference championship game about how terrible NFL officiating is getting. Was that a hold on Juju Smith-Schuster? Yes, absolutely it was. Like, There's no doubt about it, it was. But how many other times in that game did they let those calls go? And they waited until the most important moment of the game to call that hold. That's what pisses me off about the NFL refs. You could have called it in the first quarter when there's plenty of clips where it happened. You could have called it in the second quarter. You could have called it in the third quarter. You waited until basically calling that hold would win the Chiefs the game, and you threw that flag. That is why I despise NFL officiating. Because if you're not going to call it for the entire game, why do you call it when it quite literally won the other team the game? Pisses me off. But nothing pisses me off more than Jonathan Gannon's cut-awful, atrocious defensive coordinating. God bless you, Cardinals. Thank you for taking that man off Philly's head. Fuck you, Gannon. And secondly, that defensive roster didn't bother to show up. In 2017, when Brady was going to win the Super Bowl against those Eagles, Fletcher Cox and that defense stepped up, forced that fumble, and won that game. But in 2022... The vaunted Philadelphia Eagles defense didn't get a fucking sack on peg leg Mahomes. Couldn't get a stop against a receiving core that, besides Travis Kelsey, would be made up of guys who were the third and fourth receivers on most teams in the league. The Eagles offense showed up and played one of the most brilliant, lights-out offensive performances I have ever seen in a football game, and that defense went to sleep, and that defensive roster should be ashamed of itself. Go ahead. Well... Okay, I feel like I have to defend some things. Because first off, and I think that this is, as much as I love Jalen Hurts, and I thought that he had a Herculean performance, Jalen Hurts lost us that game. No. And, and that fumble that was that ended up being taken in for a, a touchdown was the difference in the game. No, and, and that, fumble, that fumble was unforced. It was part of the seven points that was scored by the Chiefs. Um, you can't expect that the, the defense is going to shut down a juggernaut offense like the Chiefs. And the Chiefs offense did exactly what the Chiefs offense do, has done all season long. They are, uh, uh, you know, give and take down the field, a dink and dunk until they, they hit a home run. And they did exactly what they do. Travis Kelsey is a monster, and he did exactly what he what he did. He he found the open holes in in the defense, and he ran to them, and you know he caught the ball. Uh, we should have gotten more pressure on Mahomes, but that that Kansas City offensive line has been doing it all year. They they've protected him just enough 
to where, you know, he can get away. There was some scampers where, you know, the, the everyone was covered down the field and he took off running. Um, How does your defense allow him to pick up a 20-yard scram? I'm just, I'm just adding to the anger. I'm not arguing with you. But how do you let him pick up a 20-yard fucking scramble? Because you're in man coverage down the field and you have everybody else locked up. I'm That's sorry, how. I want to point this out. I want to, I want to bring this up before I forget it because I want to let you get your time. But, Courtney, Jalen Hurts had one fumble. Yes, it was an unforced fumble. Yes, it was unfortunate. The defense did not get one single stop in the second half. Jalen Hurts' fumble did not lose that game. When he went out and balled out on offense the entire game and the defense could not get one stop on a single scoring he drive. Tr- he tried to make – he made up for it. However, it still happened. But that doesn't lose it, you the game. The defense being incompetent lost points. you the game. It was seven points. Seven the points. Defense could have, the defense could have made one singular stop, and then they would have not had another seven points. The defense could have made one possible stop. They could have, and it's not like they didn't try. <laughs> you can see the defenders being frustrated that they weren't able, especially like in those scrambles. When, when Mahomes on one leg was scrambling down the field. And you could see the, just the frustration. Because well, I'll hush up now. I'll let you finish. You said you had defensive things. I'll let you make your points. I well, just, that I, one I'm baffles just, me, Courtney. I don't like that I'm one just, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you that that's the way football goes. And you say that you've been kind of paying attention to, to Super Bowl since 13. And I can tell you I've been watching them a lot longer than that. And – uh that's just how football goes. Uh, football is unexplainable. Uh, the things that I will agree with you on is that uh, the Eagles definitely, their offense showed up and they played, and they played well. They played very well. But even to Jalen Hurd's standards, he will say that he left things on the table, that that fumble was was a big thing. Yeah, and, it absolutely uh, was. I, I'm not disagreeing with they you will. You know, they, they will – look, they'll be better as a result of this loss. Um, I, I So, I don't know about that. You're losing both coordinators, and they have a lot of free agents. It's now, wait concerning. a minute. Now, you just said, screw – you oh, just yeah. cut out the defensive oh, coordinator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, now how do you let – and now we're sad because he's leaving. Well, no, you but it's still a, it's still no, 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 because it's still a cultural shock to a team that loses both coordinators in the same year. I mean, even if they had just lost a DC but retained the OC, you know, or vice versa, it's still a, like a lot. For they a team will be fine. To. They will be fine. They're already planning on elevating some people, um, especially the offensive coordinator. They're going to elevate from within, and more than likely, they're going to do the same thing on the defense. So. It's not like there are brand new people that are going to walk in and have to figure it all out. So I mean, Jonathan the, Gannon, you have to agree that Jonathan Gannon was atrocious in that game, right? Maybe not all time. I don't, like think, he, I don't think, defense, that he, I think that when you call a defense that locks up everyone on the field and the quarterback just happens to have a fluky scramble on one leg, that's not the defensive coordinator's fault. They had back-to-back scores on the exact same play with somebody completely uncovered in the red zone, and that was defensive play calling. So did you hear – I heard this today. I watched this today where they were breaking down that second play. How it was the wrong They weren't play. even – yeah. He didn't li- – they weren't even lined up in the right positions. And so it was very <laughs> fluky because the receiver <sighs> who caught that 
didn't even do the things that he was supposed to do. He improvised, and Mahomes happened to see it. That's the way that that touchdown worked out. It was that was a f- complete fluke. <laughs> it was an accident on their part. I just, I just in, think in the better. And so it reminds me. It reminds me of the 2017 Pats Eagles Super Bowl, where the Pats offense played a perfect game, but the defense did not show up and did not make a single play the entire Super Bowl, and the Eagles cruised to a victory. Was it a tight win? Yeah, it was a seven point game. Was this a tight win? Yeah, it was a three point game. But had your defense made one fucking stop the entire game, like Jalen Hurts goes down eight points and marches that team down the field, picking up multiple third and longs, fourth and mediums two-point conversion and then what do you do the very next play you just give up entire other drive and that's also where the ticky-tacky but ref they, ball came hello out, me. But, which goes to the point they did their job and then they were bailed out no he still held he's he 100 they, they, they were come on that was the ticky tickiest tackiest oh, but situation in that in that Ball circumstance, effort. and, and that was the, and that's what cost them the game. Even if they would have kicked the field goal at that point, it would have given the Eagles, who were red hot, time with the ball. For sure, and and I actually time heard this one today. All they needed. I actually heard this one today from uh, Cowherd had some defensive coordinator on his show today. I don't remember who the DC was. I don't want to make it up, but he was some former. I think it might have been Eric Mangini or somebody. But he was talking about, and he and he said like. This is very, very, very like difficult football to play. But in that situation, the defense should have told them, we will have over two minutes, two-minute warning, two timeouts to go down the field if they score here. If it looks like he – stop him if you can, let him score if you have to, and the offense will go down and win the game. That's what Bradbury should have done. When he realized he was beat by Schuster, he should just let Schuster score, gone out about his business, and let Jalen Hurts win that game with a two-minute warning and two more touchdowns. That's Jonathan well, Gannon's shitty defensive play no. calling. And, oh, yeah, my gosh. 100%. 100%. No. no, because at that point, you, you're still trying to stop the score. Now, you saw that they tried to let the other dude score. I, like, moved out of the way, and he stopped himself on the one. But right, but right there, Schuster was going to the end zone. That was a shot to score. The Chiefs were trying to score there. That was the point of the play. The point of the play was to score and go ahead, right? Bradbury broke it up, which was great, except he held. If he had just let him score at the point in which he realized he was broken off the break, let him score and let Hurts and the offense do their magic, work their way down the field, and either tie or win the game. No, you let people score who actually catch the ball. Otherwise, you try to prevent it from happening. You know, that's just, exactly oh, what he said. You that's what he said. You try to stop him, but if you when Bradbury realized he was going to lose at the break of the line when Schuster basically had him that that's why he held because Schuster had him broke from, from the minute the ball was snapped. He didn't have the right positioning, he didn't have the right leverage, and Schuster was gonna shoot right past him. That's why he held. He shouldn't have I don't know, like, like I said. Like the guy said, it's very, 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 very high level of football. Like it's hard to be able to coach that. It, it, but but the coach has to at least coach it. And Gannon didn't even coach that. Mm, you don't know that. You you dude, weren't in the is, huddle. You don't know what was said. You don't know that. Dude, it is 
the Super Bowl, and that defense let up 38 points, let the Chiefs go the entire second quarter without being stopped once. I don't know how you can come on here yeah, and say, well, oh, it's Jalen Hurts' fault. They gave up 38 points. They gave up 31 points. Let's be clear about that. And that was enough to win the game. No. They gave up 31 points, not 38. Make, make one stop in the second half. One stop. Hey. One they, stop is all you had up, to do. They gave up 31 points. That's all I'll say about the defense. They didn't give up 38. They gave up 31. And the offense scored 35. And, and exactly. So don't pl- don't put this on on just the defense. I didn't say and it was it, just the defense. The didn't score, they didn't score every single time that they had the ball. So obviously the offense, you know, they missed some opportunities too. When you look at the, the grand scheme of the game, it was one of the better Super Bowls that's been played. Especially in recent years, because you actually I think it's had like the best Super Bowl we've had in like ten years. You know, you actually had offensive production on both sides of the ball, and that's you what you what? want to see. You want to see both teams play at their best, and that's what we saw on both sides. Now, two incredible offenses. It's going to be hard to stop either one of those. It was incredible. It would have been incredibly. I mean, the Chiefs' defense really didn't have an answer for the Eagles' offense either. They didn't help the situation at all. Yeah, but you're supposed to be – they're supposed to be – sorry, go ahead. And had the Eagles had had time on the clock, the Eagles probably would have gone down and either tied it and sent it to overtime or they would have won the game. And so, you know, it's not like – I mean, they just got outlasted. It was who had the ball last type of a situation. The Chiefs did some really smart – ball controlled, you know, moves uh, to make sure that they, when they got the ball last, that they kept the ball last. It was aided by that stupid penalty. And that's where we are right now. So, you know, I wasn't going to, I'm not going to cry over spilled milk. Uh, I'm still, I'm, I have been a fan long enough of the team to be proud of the progress because this was the second year as quarterback, starting quarterback for Jalen Hurts. This is the second year for that coach. They can only go up from here. And so, you know, I think of the, uh, the, the years right after the Super Bowl, which just happened, I mean, it's five years. It's not like, you know, I've been in a desert, in a drought, hoping and praying for a Super Bowl, Super Bowl <laughs> appearance for, you know, 28 years. I'm not I'm, – I don't – I am fortunate not to be in that fan base. However, you know, I look at this, I look at what could have been, and it should have been a championship, but it wasn't. And I'm not going to be just, you know, totally devastated over that. Uh, I'm sad, but I'm not devastated. The children at school, they were definitely, and I I stood there and I took it because I certainly, (laughs) because I certainly gave, I talked a lot of crap. And I was in, there was a point at halftime when we were up by 10 that I had every intention of, yeah. like, I was planning. I, was planning I wasn't going to text parade. you anything, though. I wasn't going to text you anything until that game was over. I wasn't going to fly Eagles, fly you, or exactly. anything until that game was over. Because and let's shout out Rihanna. It, I really like that halftime show. Yeah, I loved it. I, I thought it was great. And I it, thought even, that, I thought, dude, Chris Stapleton, oh, my God, that was so yeah. good. Yeah, that People was so good. Right, right up there with uh, the Whitney 
performance. I about to say was, they're like they're like two completely different styles, so they're almost not comparable. Yeah. But that might have been like one of the like 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 if not like on a, on par with Whitney, like slightly under Whitney. Like that was so yeah. good. It, it was a legendary performance. Absolutely a legendary performance. And I think that Cheryl uh, uh, Ralph Lee Ralph or whatever her name is did a great performance of Lift Every Voice. That is a hard song to sing. And she's just so such a dramatic uh, singer. But uh, she did a really solid job. I thought all the performers, everyone who sung in the Super Bowl did a really great job this year. There wasn't a, a, a bad singer uh, amongst the group this year. Yeah, so I mean, as far as Super Bowls go, as far as Super Bowls go, I thought it was an excellent Super Bowl. I just... It leaves well. First off, it leaves a lot to be desired in three ways for me. One, it leaves a lot to be desired when the vaunted Philly defense couldn't get a single sack the entire game. I'm sorry, like that's just ridiculous. When like this vaunted Philly defense that I bought into, a lot of other people bought into. You know, this defense that was like could not get one fucking stop in the second half of the game. Slice and dice it however you want. The Chiefs defense got stops in the second half of the game. The Philly defense could not stop them once, literally not once. Every single time the Chiefs had the ball in the second half, they scored. That is a failure on my defensive roster and my defensive coaching. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Secondly, the ref ball, which you didn't touch on because I know you're someone that doesn't like to blame refs for the games, but I'm going to slam that shit because that was atrocious. If you're not going to call it in the first three, quarters, have, you can't fucking call it when it's going to decide the game. It shouldn't have been called, but I I also have to give credit to the Chiefs' uh, coaching staff for making halftime adjustments because in the first half of that game, the Philly defense did stop them and stop them often and had a ten the point were lead. Stopping themselves and had a ten point lead, so there was there was defense being played in that game. The halftime adjustments is what got them, and the def- and the Eagles were unable to make adjustments to the adjustments, and that's that's that was the issue, is they didn't adjust the adjustments, adjust to just, the adjustments, but and I, you, I, did see... I think part of you is you set yourself up so much for this vaunted that you keep calling the vaunted. Boy, you're the one that said the Chiefs were going to score ten points in the Super Bowl. I thought it was going to be a close game. I did. I did. Because I thought that the vaunted Eagles defense was going to come in and shut it all down. But that obviously was not the case. <laughs> you know, when, when you get when when you have to when you get an assist from your own offense on the scoring side, it's deflating. Oh my God. And I think that, oh that was my. a factor. I just it was a factor. It no. was a deciding that that seven points is. The difference in the ball game. Make one it stop in the is. second half. Make one stop in the second it's half. Don't fumble the ball. Absolutely. Or but make, it's six. a team game. It's a team for a game. Six, for, for a touchdown. Don't you know fumble how many it times, touchdown. You know how he many times Brady's thrown pick sixes? And you know how many times Brady's thrown pick sixes in the Super Bowl? And there's, his defense has still shown up and gotten stops. And the offense did their part. Got back in the game and they won that Super Bowl. The well, defense did not show up and do their part. They played the Pats, and they did their part for a whole half and had a 10-point lead. And that the Chiefs been. stopped themselves in the first half. 
<laughs> however you want to look at it, that's what the, well, that's what happened. It, it, and then it I also just what, really, I also just really hate Super Bowls or any big game that ends off a of clock management. Kneel the ball, let the clock run to one second, bring out the field goal kicker while everyone's sitting there, and it's just boring, and you know you've lost. Ooh, let's pray that he misses this kick with one. I don't know. It's just such an anticlimactic way to end such a great game. Oh, it's just, just so foo-foo. That's the way it's supposed to end with that level of dramatics. That's it's that's how you know it's a good game. When it comes down to the last minute and you're you're hoping and praying for one singular thing to happen and and hoping and like, praying <laughs> to hit that one singular thing. Like were you sitting there? Both sides are on the edge of their seat and I mean, that's what you want. That's not how this was. This was like, oh, wow, Patrick Mahomes is going to kneel the ball. They're going to take it to one second. And then Harrison Bucker is going to kick the field goal, and the game's going to be over. That's how that was going. Yeah. Boring as shit. Was, it's like, I hope he makes it, considering he missed a field goal earlier. And knowing Harrison Buckner's, you know, passed, he is not 100%. So you, you didn't know. You didn't know. You weren't. It wasn't completely 100% for sure. So. Well, here's uh, my thing. Here's, here's my thing. And, and I'll end my part of this discussion on that, and then you're welcome to say anything else you'd like to say, and then we can bring our guests onto the show. But Jalen Hurts in the offense made a mistake 100%. Jalen Hurts gave up that fumble. It was all on Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts played lights out the rest of the game, did not make any mistakes the rest of the game, kept his team in it the rest of the game. The defense was barely showing up before, and they certainly did not show up afterwards. So, all the mistakes in the world Jalen Hurts can make, his team did not show up and did not have his back in that Super The defensive side of the ball. Wow. Just imagine had he not made a mistake. That's all I'll say. Just imagine if he had not made a mistake. Would it have been enough to win the Super Bowl? The answer is yes. Invite our guests on, Courtney, because I have more to say. <laughs> I know. I know you want to defend your decision, but I just, you know, that's that's what it boils down to. It is what it is. Everyone, we have a guest today. And uh, give us some, some background while I try to make this invite. Yeah, guys, so uh, today we're bringing on a good friend of mine. Her name is Sarah. Um, She is a co-host, co-creator of the Audio Arcadia podcast, which I've shouted out a couple times on the show before. Um, Super great person, super just sweet all-around human being, super down-to-earth, call her a witch bitch. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, I mean, she's just... A great person, and she's gonna come on and talk with us about a thing that happened in Ohio recently. For those who don't know, um, there was a train that derailed, and some chemicals got spilled, and it's pretty nasty. And I don't know the situation 100% enough to sit here and give a short synopsis so once she gets onto the show we'll allow her to do that she lives in ohio she's an ohio native um yeah have you already sent the link 
I did. And basically what makes this whole thing a tragedy is that this happened and the world does not know about it. This has been kind of an under under the radar story where it should be a pretty major big deal because it is a big deal. Anytime chemicals spill and uh, uh, area of the country is contaminated to the point to where they can't drink their water, that's a big deal. That's national news and it's not being treated as such. So I've sent Sarah the, the invite. She's probably like, who in the world is this 214 number? <laughs> no, I forewarned <laughs> She was like, she was like, is Courtney going to, uh, is she going to telemarket me and try to sell me things? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm pretty, pretty sure he's not going to do that. <laughs> Normally they hop around, come on, Sarah. Right. Don't make me start talking about the Super Bowl again. Right. Get your blood pressure up. I can't believe you're your blaming minim- Jalen your Hurts. Minimalistic, your minimalistic viewpoint of the Super Bowl. That's you. Oh, if he hadn't fumbled, there's no other way the Chiefs would have ever scored, and we would have won for sure, no doubt about it. Well, like what? There's an entire two. There's an entire half of the game and a quarter to play. Anything could have happened. Well, we don't know that. <laughs> we'll never know that. She's not responding. Well, this is annoying. Um, I don't know. Content. Uh, did you see the Celtics hired a new head coach? They didn't hire a new head coach. They simply made their head coach, uh, their interim head coach, they so uh, is kept him around. So is Ime going to be the head coach after, or is he not the coach? Anymore? No, he is not the coach anymore. That's not he's just supposed to be suspended for a year. He was, but and then, uh, yeah, Mazuka was just supposed to be, you know, keeping the ship steady. Right. But as it turns out, Mazuka is pretty good, and that team is is responded well to him, and as a result. He became the. There she is. Hello. There's our friend. Hey. <laughs> Wait what? Yeah. Wait what? Wait what? <laughs> Wait what? Welcome to the show, Sarah. Nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you. I've been listening to the pod, and I gotta say, I always love your commentary. Just gonna butter you up from the beginning. Ah, compliments get you everywhere <laughs> with me. Heck yeah, you do know me. Ah. <laughs> How are you guys doing? All we're is good. well. Right, good. I think right now, because we've had a, a, our discussion about the Super Bowl, and so <laughs> Damien's feeling some kind of way right now. You're feeling some kind of way. You know no, what? You're I'm fe- also feeling some type of way about it. I have to ask you immediately, was it holding? It was holding. He did. I, ho- okay. He did. I so look, I so here's the thing. He did hold him. And even the defender, and you know, he admitted as much. Yeah. The issue is, it was such a minor case of holding, yeah. and he's held more all through the game. They all have to call that, to call it on that particular play at that particular moment right, in the game. With that much time it, on the clock, ridiculous. Yes, it's what it's what makes everyone upset, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like the yeah. fact that they called it at that moment is where everyone is upset. 
Yeah, definitely. No, I was literally just saying, like, you didn't call it for the entire game, and then mm-hmm. you make sure you call it when it's guaranteed to win the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, like, not to be, like, all about my team, but, like, it's just, it happened twice in a row. Kind of odd. I don't know. Yep. You know. She's a Bengals fan, by the way, Courtney. Yeah. Born it's scripted. <laughs> Amen. It's scripted. Amen. <laughs> It was so. It was so that's one of the things I was telling my kids uh, all during the lead up, like the week before. I was just telling them, I was just like, "Kids, I've already read the script. The Eagles are gonna win." And they're just oh, like, no. "Mr." They're just like, "Mr. Ralph, do you really think it's scripted?" I said, "Oh yeah, I had I got an advanced copy." I was just like, "You guys are gonna be so disappointed." Oh no! Just like, <laughs> so I got much grief on Monday oh, yeah. morning. I bet. Still, you know, I still stood out there and opened the door and welcomed the children. And, you know, a lot of them were wearing their, their Mahomes jerseys and all this kind of stuff. And what happened to your Eagles? What happened to your Eagles? <laughs> so I heard that all morning long. Courtney's like, they fucking lost. What does it look like? <laughs> right. They died. That's what happened. Yeah, die, Eagles die. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It is all good. That is so funny. Yeah, I figured you guys already talked Super Bowl, but I had to ask because, you know, that's all we're talking about anyway. Yeah, yeah. What anyone's talking yeah. about. Right. And instead of what they should be talking about, which is the reason why you're here, Sarah. Mm-hmm. So we kind of intro- we kind of introed you and, and, and talked about, you know, just really vaguely what happened in Ohio. But. Uh, we'll let you kind of expound upon that. But before we even get into all of that, all right, tell the folks who you are and like what you're about. Okay. Um, I'm Serafina. I am one of the hosts of Oddity Arcadia, which if you have listened to Damien's other podcast, People, he did a podcast with my co-host, Emily or Erie, as we call her. M. And, um, my bestie, the, the, the light of my life. The, moon the queen my, of spook. Yes, my moon and stars. Um, we cover all things odd, you know, dark history, all that stuff. I'm kind of the nerd of this scenario. She's like the horror nerd and I'm like the everything else nerd. So I know like way too much about everything. And we both like to talk a lot. So we just were like, let's make a podcast where we just educate each other on like random things, which sometimes it's hilarious. Sometimes it's super dark, um, as I'm sure Damien can attest. We Back we have... to back. Well, not back to back, but within like a month span, they had like double cannibal episodes. Like, Yeah, I know. She just decided she was on like a winter horror land kind of vibe. And so we covered uh, what the Donner Party and then the Diet Love Pass. And yeah, both of those icy tundras of death, and she had a blast, and I was like suffering because <laughs> I'm like, this well, is what... so sad. <laughs> well, what you guys need to know about the show and the contrast of the show, and I'm sure this is like, I'm not gonna pretend like I just know all the interworkings of Sarah and Erie's <laughs> relationships from what I have picked up. What you guys understand about the show is you'll have one episode that's spearheaded by Erie, and it'll be like. Mm-hmm. The Dahmers and they ate each other and it was yeah. miserable and everyone died. And then the next week, Serafina's like, I'm going to teach you about carrots and how wonderful they are and how you can grow them <laughs> while they are amazing. <laughs> to like, be okay. fair, to be fair, I'm more history based. So I'm like, she's like, I'm going to tell you history about how people died. And then I'm going to be like, and I'll tell you history of like how cheese was first uh, wondered about. A That's a different. great episode. That's a great Thank episode. You. 
Thank you. Yeah, and then we have like some us episodes where we both like tackle a topic, and those episodes are so long. But I think they're some of my favorites where we're both like teaching about something that we both like a lot because we're basically the same person but in different fonts. Is what Erie likes to tell me, Um, because and we actually flip flopped because like I was like the gothic teenager and she was like the druid healing girl, and then we got into our twenties and now she's the goth and I'm the gardener. It's really funny. Yeah, I called you a, a, a sunshine witch bitch. Yes, exactly. That is me, an eco-goth witch bitch. How, what do you know about that? I'm a hex girl. Yeah, oh, we love, we stand. <laughs> In this household, we stand, I'm telling you. <laughs> Goodness. All right, so you want me to go ahead and get into it? Do you want me to give yeah. like a little bit of a synopsis of what yeah, we, happened? Absolutely. absolutely. Okay, well, let's get into it. So basically... Um, this would be February 3rd at 9 p.m. at night. 38 cars derailed in a town called East Palestine, Ohio, which is right next to kind of the Akron area, but the rural version of that. I hope that was your cat and not mine. It was my cat. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> um, so... The 38 cars derailed, another 12 cars got damaged, 20 cars were hazardous, like they were all holding hazardous materials, and 11 of those 20 cars derailed and actually had severe damage to them. At that time, the whole town was told to evacuate because they were worried about an explosion. They had five tankers filled of vinyl chloride which vinyl chloride is basically an ingredient used in making plastic. And when it becomes at a temperature above eight degrees Fahrenheit, it starts to boil. And I don't know about y'all and how global warming's affecting y'all, but for us, we're not having that kind of winter here in Ohio. It's been like 40, 50, 60. I think today the high was 74 here. So like eight degrees is nothing at this point. And they were nervous that it was going to cause an explosion. All that pressure was going to burst these five tankers. So instead of letting it nuke the entire town, basically, they decided to breach five those five tankers, uh, basically creating a controlled burn, as they called it. But this was 16,000 gallons of this vinyl chloride. Um, so burning that created hydrogen chloride and also phosphine gas which is super toxic Um, and that went directly into the air and the environment and in the soil and everything else that could possibly uh, be attached to because vinyl chloride will attach to any moisture it can find so that's really not a great time you know you're just it's really the one thing you don't want out in the environment like that So basically, at that point, the town of East Palestine has 5,000 people in it, and everyone except for 500 people stayed, so there is a bunch of, like, videos and documentation from those 500 people that stayed, and you can actually find some of it on TikTok, and it's, like, pretty scary, (laughs) to be honest. It's it's pretty dark, Um, and then they let them come back. They were like, oh, it's safe. Uh, And when I say let them, basically this company called Norfolk Southern owns the railroad. 
in the the tanker cars and um i don't know about how y'all feel about corporations but like they don't really like us all that much and um they were like yeah yeah it's safe it's fine we just kind of nuked your town with chemicals but like it's good don't even worry about it um <laughs> so you know not great and then um on the 5th of february there was a possible explosion again um they had not told mm. the public that there were other chemicals they only fessed up to the vinyl chloride um and i'm not gonna hit y'all with every single chemical that they were carrying in these other cars but like just know basically um just like a lot of like acrylates and like other things that uh, will explode when reached a current temperature which it was getting to so they were like all right y'all like get on out of here again after like three days yeah two like three and a half days later they were like it's gonna it's gonna blow again we didn't we didn't nuke y'all enough get on it get ahead and get you know get on get on out of here get on get (laughs) get on get and um so then they were not allowed back in their homes i mean they were allowed in their homes like in the sense of like they weren't like arresting people who were trying to stay but like they were cleared to go home on the 8th which was three days later the epa actually cleared it they did uh air tests only at no point had they done a soil test or a water test they just did an air test and they were like hey y'all it's gone so you're good and um also if you guys would like to remember trump really gutted the epa that was like the one thing he like really held on to during his entire presidency so they didn't have the funding or like the wherewithal to do all these other tests there was at no point a third party testing done that was unbiased and once again norfolk southern this company um are are well-known environment disastrous and have created a lot of issues in the past and lied about it a lot um so people of course were like what's going on what's happening if you've seen any of the pictures i mean it does look like chernobyl 2.0 it does look like the town got nuked it's it's pretty crazy like giant uh mushroom clouds and, and stuff like that and they did a couple of different press releases in which the guy, his name's Brian, he did a press release. He was like the manager of all of it. And news reporters asked him like two questions. He didn't like the two questions. So then he was just like, all right, press release is done. Have a good one. And then left. So like, of course, that didn't make anyone feel any better at all. Like, you got a job to do here, my guy. And um, basically, that's, like, kind of the last we heard from him until yesterday and today. Because it there was no media coverage. I mean, I we put out a podcast. I put out a podcast uh, last Wednesday warning people because we are an Ohio-based podcast. So we have a lot of people who listen to us around here. And I was like, hey, guys, you might want to, like, be you know more prepared i i didn't want to like scare anybody but i knew no one was going to talk about this and when you don't have any answers you know all you can do is warn the people around you so that's what i chose to do 
Um, and so now it's become, it finally hit Facebook yesterday, which is so funny. I don't know if you guys know, like things hit Twitter first, then TikTok, then YouTube, then Facebook. Like it takes forever for things to get to Facebook. And, um, it finally hit Facebook around me. Like my neighbors were finally like, oh, did you guys see this? And I was like, I, I tried to talk to you about that last week. Where have you You're been? like, I've been known. Yeah. It's like, what's going on? So it's been pretty rough in Ohio it's been interesting because this East Palestine is at the top of the Ohio River basically like right where it like starts and of course the Ohio River feeds into the rest of our water systems basically across the country so people were really worried about that and what that looks like and we're still kind of getting varied reports even now, um, there are TikToks. I say TikToks because it's just like the quickest media that people can post, like video wise, I feel like, to like really get views. Um, so people have been posting, you know, them walking around the town. Like the people who live in the town, the residents of East Palestine have shown videos of the creeks that are full of dead fish and frogs and. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty gnarly to look at, to be honest. And they released a press, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. They had a press release today that they have counted 3,500 fish have died, which I don't know how they got that number. Like, were there was someone out there counting all of them. I'm kind of confused. Um, but also they don't mention any other water, like wildlife, but in these videos, like you can see like frogs and crawdads and stuff you know like other things but they're only counting the fish i'm not really sure um so then they tell us that they're tracking the plume in real time and what they're talking about there is the plume of this chemical in the ohio river right so you would think about it not so much when when i hear plume i think about the air right like a plume of something but they're basically saying the same thing within the river like they can they can track its movement and they're telling us they're tracking this plume in real time and it's such a big river that it dilutes things quickly because the ohio river is freaking huge and has so many gallons of water in it but then officials also say that it hasn't been detected at all in the ohio river I don't know how that's possible if they're also checking the plume. Like, those things don't add up, you know? Doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And, so the, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, this sounds like a story that, that you know, it's this is a, a, a horrible situation mm-hmm. that hasn't gotten near enough attention. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly because, you know, they don't want everyone to be up in arms and, and, and afraid although people need to be afraid because your drinking water is i mean that's pretty important Uh, yeah it's it's interesting it's definitely i mean and i always say this on my podcast like i'll i'll stop myself from doing the capitalism rant because i can do that so easily like you know what it boils down to is like this company that's has uh, they made 55 billion they're a 55 billion dollar company um because they they push things like this. Um, they have basically tried to sweep it under the rug 
so that way people aren't worried and then they don't have to put a bunch of money up to like you know of course uh help anybody out and um also they work very closely with a lot of um government officials let's just say they're 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 pretty much in their pocket um so yeah it's 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 been pretty rough um the company actually at first said that they were going to give twenty five thousand dollars to the like the residents like that's it like twenty five thousand dollars which is nothing <laughs> like right. is, is absolutely nothing and then there was like a bunch of public outcry about that so then they were like actually you know what every single resident like we can give them a thousand dollars um all you got to do is like go to our website and put your information in and we'll give you a thousand dollars but like a lot of these people had to like go to a hotel and stay you know stay somewhere for like three days four days depending some people have left and not come back at all um, there, there's been people who've been out of their homes for two weeks now at this point. Um, so, like, what's a thousand dollars? You know what I mean? Like, what's that going to do? Quite honestly, right. I'm not sure that I would take it because I would definitely I read the fine print. See, you know, I would read the I fine think. print on whatever it is agreement that you're uh-huh. that you have to accept to get this money because I'm there's... sure it's about not suing us in the future, yeah, right? Not suing us in the future. You, you can't go us more in the future because yep. we won't we won't really know when these type of cataclysmic events happen we don't know the the real fallout until oh, years yeah. and this so this will be a situation where years, exactly yep. you know years down the road there's going to be a commercial about were you involved yeah. in the did you yep. live in the area where uh this accident happened did you go to Camp Lejeune? Yeah, same vibe. If one died, then blah, blah, blah. Call this number and yeah. you could be a part of the lawsuit. So, so those people that are accepting that, that little buyout, they're kind of screwing themselves. So I think so too. Well, I don't think a lot of them are taking it. The people of East Palestine are pissed. They yeah. are. I yeah. mean, and rightfully, I mean, so, rightfully I, so. I hope more people are. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think a lot of them are mad right now. And I've, I've seen a lot of interviews. These are farm people. These are, this is farm land. This is a rural community. And all of them are so pissed because they're like, no one's going to buy our crops now. No no one's going to eat the corn I grow now. Like my business, my reputation. That makes it even worse. Yeah. So this is not, um, super inclined to answer if you don't feel like you have enough knowledge to answer that's fine but sure. how badly do you think this is going to oh are you still with me oh no he just he just and dropped he, out immediately he, he, he dropped off the whole call he said <laughs> you don't have you, to answer this if you don't want but i'm not gonna okay <laughs> okay so the, the man came and snatched him away Said, uh, you're talking about me not today brother right not today not today so i well, will send i will send damien another invite to rejoin us sounds good <clears throat> but i mean in the meantime because usually when that happens like the whole show is over and we yeah. have to re, we have to re-record and okay it's like a huge mess so maybe because you were on the show that kept it from from doing that but i'm going to send him another invite but um the whole situation is just, that's just, 
you know, it, it is a scary situation. And yeah. I didn't know that it was farmland. Yeah. I mean, thousands of acres. And not just in Ohio, but also Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is going to this is going to affect a lot of things. It absolutely will. And, uh, you know, now we're t- now, I mean, we're talking about a lot of money that is going mm-hmm. to be lost, a lot of revenue. Yeah. So much more than a thousand dollars per person. Right. They started possibly. with twenty five thousand dollars. How is that possible? Yeah. What did they think was going to happen? Exactly. Yeah, it's absolutely wild. And I mean, I could definitely answer his question. I don't know if you want to give him some time to get back in here. Well, I'm still... Let's see. Because whenever I, whenever we record, I always uh, put it on Do Not Disturb. Mm. And I think whenever I do that and I try to send another link, it won't send out because I'm on Do Not Disturb. So gotcha. going through that process, but... We're still working on it. Do you think once it's, he moves, you'll have better connection? I certainly hope so. <laughs> because, well, once he moves, he's moving back to where I am. And oh, so really? we can actually record, you know, in person. Oh, that's And wonderful. do this that way. So there are so many more options. Definitely. He keeps telling me unable to connect. Well, damn. Uh, um... I mean, I'm down to stop and come back in if you want, or whatever you want. Well, to do. and that's and that's what we'll do is, uh, folks, we'll come back with a part two, and we'll conclude this episode. I promise we're already like at an hour and seventeen minutes, so it won't be a long part two, but we will have a part two and uh, enter back in shortly. All right, see you soon. All right.